Welcome to the My Beyond Life podcast. The goal of this podcast is to equip, enable, and empower today's Christian woman to live a life beyond the lies, the limits, and the labels that Satan so often places on or all around us. In today's lesson, we'll continue our series on real talk about raw emotions. A couple weeks ago, we learned how Jesus is the light. We learned how Jesus gives us light. We learned that Jesus will bring out, bring us out of the darkness and into the light. All of those things we learned the last time we were together. So he is the light, he gives us light, and he will bring us out of darkness and into the light. We also learned how we are to be responsible to be the light in a dark world. So we looked a lot about light last week. We looked a lot, or the last time we were together, we looked a lot about the things that that Jesus promises us concerning those dark seasons of life. So today we're gonna do the opposite of what we did last time. Instead of looking at the light, we're gonna look at the dark today because everybody has seasons of darkness. Everybody doesn't have just days of darkness. We have seasons of darkness. We looked at this wonderful verse in Psalm 18, 28, for thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. And we took a look at that candle that I brought and remember it had a lid on it. And we talked about how that candle was not ready to receive the light because it wasn't open. It wasn't open to receive the light. Not a one of us in here doubt whether or not God can light our candle in darkness. But most of us probably doubt whether he will. We're too churchy to doubt whether he can. But those of us who are expecting him to light that light, we're going to have that candle open. We're going to have that wick trimmed and ready. We're going to have it sitting out there in faith, waiting for God to give us the light in the darkness. So sometimes you might ask yourself, if I were a candle today, what would I look like? Would I have a lid screwed on tight? Would I have, you know, when that when the wick goes down in the, in the wax and then you can't get it lit because it's all down in there because you haven't trimmed it and kept it up. So ask yourself, if I were a candle today in my dark situation, am I ready to receive the light? Am I truly believing God will give me light? All right. Now, I had in college, I had a friend of mine who was a cinema and a photography major. So that girl was constantly going around taking photos. This was back in the day before everything was digital. She literally had to go in the dark room and she had to literally develop the film. Now, light exposes, light develops, not only on film, not only on uh, photo paper, but it does in our life as well. How many of you have ever thought you looked pretty okay until you stepped out in the sunshine? I mean, that stain on your shirt just popped right out when you thought it was okay. Your makeup that you thought was passable, you look in the rearview mirror and you're like, oh dear God, I better not go anywhere. <laughs> I try to make it a rule not to look in the rearview mirror at all at any kind of things up here because it's just the light is brutal, isn't it? I mean, that light will show every flaw that you've got times 10. Okay, let me, let me go back to that makeup mirror that made me look a little bit better than this because this is harsh lighting. When you're in the dark room, you cannot have regular light. 
If you turn on a regular light in the dark room, it will overexpose the film and what you have on that printed paper will be ruined because it cannot handle that light. So my friend would tell me, she would say, this is what you do to the steps in the dark room. You go into that dark room, you close the door and you turn on a special light. Then you make sure there's a sign on the outside door because no one should open up that door. If they open up that door, what you're doing is gonna be ruined. So she would tell me all these things that she would find. She would think, I've got this great picture. I've got this wonderful shot. Everything was perfect. And then when she would develop that picture, there was something wrong that she wasn't expecting in a lot of them. Maybe it was a fingertip. Maybe it was blurry. Maybe somebody was walking in front. Maybe they got the uh, look, you know, right before they blink or right when they're trying to open their eyes. You guys know what I'm talking about. You think you've got this great shot and then you look at it and you're like, yeah, no, this is not that great. So she would tell me all of these stories about developing. The interesting thing about the dark room is there's that special light that you have. And that special light is a certain color that ought to make us think of something. The color red is the most gentle light, has the longest wavelength. So pictures will develop because they feel safe. This light won't hurt it. In our dark seasons of life, we are in the developing stages. God is trying to develop something in us. And through the blood of Jesus, we are safe. And we are secure. And he's not going to be harsh. And he's not going to hurt us. And he's going to give us just the right amount of light to get through the darkness and to, to develop. I love that the safest color is red. I love that that represents the blood of Jesus for me. And I love that something beautiful is going to come out of this. Because I don't know about you, if I have a why, I'll be okay. If there's a reason, if there's a goal, it's okay. But if I feel like it's wasted, I'm not going to sign up for that. I don't want that. I want something to have a purpose and a plan and a reason. I have a funny story about film. Back when I was in college, a friend of mine lived in Clearwater, Florida. And so we decided to go, about three or four of us girls decided to go to Florida for a weekend. Okay. So we go down to Florida. We're having a great time. It's in October, beautiful day. So we got, we rolled straight out of the, the bed and went to the beach. No makeup, no showers, looking like bums. And we laid on that beach all day long. So we looked like sandy bums by the time we got off of that beach. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, we got in the car and she's driving us home and she drives past this exclusive new gated neighborhood. And it was under construction. So the gates were left open. She's like, hey, let's drive through and look at these rich houses. I'm like, hey, let's do it. So we drive through and it's one of those that makes a great big circle and comes back out where you start. So we drive in and we see these big, beefy, burly, muscle guys moving in this furniture. And as we're driving by, I take a double take. I said, that looked like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, we make the big circle through these fancy, fancy houses and we come back through and you know what? It was Hulk Hogan. So we like, we screech to a stop. We jump out of that car looking like sandy bums. We didn't care. We got us a famous person. We're going to make sure we document this. So I grabbed my camera 
we, I mean, bless his heart, he was moving into this new house. He had all of his burly, beefy guys helping him, and he stops and takes the time to go into his house, open up a drawer, get the glossy photos out, and sign autographs for us. We're each signing or posing for pictures. We're doing all the things. We are so excited. Well, that night, we're unpacking all of our beach bags and everything. I take out my camera, and I happen to look down on it, and there was no film. To this day, people do not believe my story. <laughs> they do not know that I was in Hulk Hogan's house. I wasn't prepared to document my good fortune of seeing Hulk Hogan. When we aren't developing, we're not growing. We're not going, we're stuck. In the same old, same old, same old, same old. We're not challenging ourselves. We're not growing. We're not deepening. We're not working on something. Have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you're just, you know, you don't really care? I don't care if I eat this. I don't care if I don't eat this. I don't care if this fits. I don't care if this doesn't fit. I don't care if I'm learning or growing or becoming anything. I'm just blah got the blahs. It usually hits us pretty good in January and February, doesn't it? Those winter blahs where we're just not doing anything in our life exciting. We're not excited about anything. We're not growing. We're not becoming. In the dark room with that red light in that safe place, God will develop us. However, in the dark room, there are some things that get exposed. There are some things that get exposed. How about the finger in front of the lens pictures? You ever got those? The finger in front of the lens. So what are some things that get exposed in the dark room? Well, pride is most definitely one of them. I don't know about you, but there's been growing seasons in my life where God just shines a light on an area where I have a pride issue and where I am thinking more of myself than I need to or where I'm making something about me that's not about me. Or I'm getting my feelings hurt because my feelings are way out there. And I'm making everything about me. And God's like, girl, this ain't about you right now. This is about you growing, but it's about this other person. This other person is, is needing some attention. This other person is needing your love. This other person is needing your grace and needing your kindness. Let's, let's take that ego down a notch or 30. Anybody ever have that exposure on your film in the dark room? And you're like, man, I really didn't know that that stronghold was there. I really was not aware that I had this ego issue right here. So watch out for pride. Another thing that will be exposed, girls, is selfishness. This will be showcased by the why me, the woe is me, the what about me attitudes and thoughts. Trigger words that you want to hear is deserve. Okay. Pay attention to that word deserve because that is a little bit of a warning light on your dashboard that you're becoming that two-year-old on aisle three in Walmart that's mad that they didn't get their toy. You ever felt like you just got that poochy lip disease with the Lord? God, I asked for this and I got that. We were at Disney World this past week. I went to a pastor's conference that had their conference on Disney property. How fun is that? So we sign up for that one every year. 
And we went to Disney World, and y'all know that's the happiest place on earth, right? Until it's 90 degrees, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and ain't nobody had a nap. That is not the happiest place on earth. Let me tell you, I was scared of some of those children. I, I know that I saw horns come out of a few of them. Their eyes were turning red, and, they were, and the, the dad wasn't far along behind them. But things bring out the ick in us. And in those developing times and in those dark rooms, some of this ick is going to come up to the surface. Those fingers in front of the lenses, the, the, the blinking, the, the person who photobombs in the background that you weren't aware of that was back there. We're going to see some of these things come up to the surface and we're going to see some of the ick. Pride, selfishness. How about some other ones? Laziness, greed, a judgmental attitude or a critical spirit. All of these are things that God is trying to work out in those dark rooms. Look at me, if you would, at 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 5 through verse number 10. If you've got your Bible, 2 Corinthians 12, 5 through 10 is going to help us out today. This is Paul speaking, of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Now here's a little amiology. This does not mean that Paul prayed three times for God to take this away. I think he prayed three seasons. I think there were three seasons of fasting and prayer. I think there were three long periods of time where God, where Paul was begging God to do this. Paul is not a three prayer and done person. Okay, he's, he's a bulldog. When he gets a hold of something, he doesn't let it go. So I really think Paul earnestly sought God three serious seasons of fasting and prayer, and God kept saying, no. God, please take this away. No. God, please stop the pain. No. God, please make me happy. No, that's not what I'm here for. I am not your genie in a bottle. Your pain, Paul, has a purpose. And Paul's telling us about that purpose that he's learned. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ might rest or may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So what was Paul's why? For God's power to rest on him. Because Paul learned that in the dark room seasons, that's when he has to have God. And when he has to have God's power, that's when God gives it to him. Because otherwise, Paul could have handled it just fine. Paul could have just made it. He would have been fine. But in the prisons, in the shipwrecks, in the issues, in the beatings, in all of the disappointments, 
and in this physical pain that went with him from hurt to hurt to hurt, Paul was realizing the power of God. In fact, he was going in the power of God. That's the only way he made it. That's the only way he got through. And Paul is sharing with us a secret. The secret is this, your pain, my pain has a purpose. No hurt is ever wasted with God. And I love that. I love that my hurt has a purpose. My pain has a purpose. There's a plan. There's a reason. God is developing something in me that's not developed enough. God is working something in me that needs to be worked through and that needs to be worked out. Now, sometimes you'll notice in your picture, when you're taking a picture, what's supposed to be in your focus gets out of focus because usually you move the camera. And when you or the person that you're taking a picture of moves and it gets really blurry. What happens to cause us to get blurry? What causes us to lose our focus when we're in the hard times? Well, you'll notice that your focus is off of Christ and on to easy. We value that, don't we? We want things to be easy. In fact, I would love my address to be easy street. I would love to live on easy street, on perfect lane, where everything is wonderful in Amy land. The only problem is, Amy would be that two-year-old on aisle three in Walmart when I didn't get what I wanted. So we've got to realize, am I gonna grow? Or am I going to stay stuck? Because if I start focusing on my easy and raging that my easy is gone, my focus is off. What else could my focus be on? My comfort. How about my schedule? My agenda, my plan. Anybody ever been like, well, this just messes up everything. This is not what retirement was supposed to look like. This is not what this job was supposed to look like. This is not what this is supposed to look like. At this point in time in my life, I was supposed to have this job making this much money. And it's not working. It's not where I'm supposed to be. This relationship was supposed to be like this. My kid was supposed to be doing that. And this and that aren't working. How about our normal? And then how about our wants and our desires? All of these are wrong focuses and they will blur our picture. They will blur what we're needing to focus on. We've got to focus on God. What is your plan? What are you wanting to develop in me right now? What is it that you're wanting to show me? What is it you're wanting to get out of me? What is it you're wanting to put in me? Because this pain, it has a purpose. It has a plan. Pain always has a purpose for the child of God. Paul's, look at Paul's list of pain. Infirmities, that's physical infirmities. Reproaches, that's pride owies. That's where he had to be taken down a peg or two. That's where people thought he did something when he really didn't. That's where people are falsely accusing him. That's where people are calling him names. This is where people are doing this. It's ego 
That's what that is. What else? Necessities, that's financial pain. That's there were times that, you know, Paul didn't have much to eat. He didn't have money to go buy a new outfit. Paul had need. Persecutions. I'm calling this just plain old people pain. That's relational pain. People letting him down. People betraying him. And what about distresses? That's emotional pain. That pretty much covers about everything that we deal with, isn't it? Physical pain, pride pain, financial pain, people pain, relational pain, and emotional pain. All wrapped up in a very ugly bow is what Paul is talking about here. Our pain will bring forth God's power in our lives. Have you guys ever um, met someone and you kind of thought one thing, but then when you got to know them, you realized something else and something had gone on in their life that you didn't realize. And then all of a sudden that person kind of had some credibility with you. You're like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize, I've done that like listening to preachers. I'm like, I'll have an idea, preconceived notion about a preacher or something. And then they'll give their testimony. And I'm like, oh, I just need to shut up. That, I didn't realize that that person had walked through what they had walked through. And then all of a sudden their words carried more weight with me. They had more credibility. You might get to know that person at work. Maybe you judged them in the first 30 seconds that you met them. And then all of a sudden, as time goes on by, you learn their story. You're like, oh, wow. I didn't realize she had walked through that hurt. I didn't realize this and this and this had happened to her. And then she all of a sudden had credibility in your eyes. Why? Because you are seeing evidence of the power of God. This is when I'm weak, then am I strong. This is where the strength comes from. The strength comes from this person being able to do what they normally could not do. They're doing it in his power. How many of you have ever gone through a really, really, really hard time only to look back and you really have no idea how you made it? I think that's happened to just about every one of us. Where you look back and you're like, I don't even remember that. I don't remember those days. I don't remember being able to do the one thing after another thing, putting one foot in front of another. It's almost like you're in a fog, you're in a daze. You want to know what that is? Some people might call that adrenaline, but you want to know what that is? That's your savior. That's when his power kicks in. That's when you're able to do things that you can't do in and of yourself. That word transformed on the front of that t-shirt. Carla, I have to throw her under the bus here. She just put it on when she got here and, it, and she, she said, Miss Amy, what does this shirt say? <laughs> she was wearing it proudly, but she had no idea what it said. I told her, I said, it says I'm with stupid. <laughs> I couldn't resist and the two ladies beside her were like, well, thank you. I said, no, it says transformed because that's what God is doing with us. We're a work in progress. It's transforming us. His work, this hurt, this pain, this disappointment, this hardship that you just wish would go away. 
God's love loves us too much to give us easy. Does a parent really love that child when they give in and give it what it wants all the time? No. That parent loves themselves because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with the hard. They don't want to train. They just want it to be quiet. So they give in. God is too good of a God. He is too good of a father to give in to us and give us our toy and give us our easy. Some of us have a long-term hardship in our lives. And it's been on your prayer list for 20 plus years. There's a reason why God has you waiting for that. There's a reason why God has your need. Stay put. Because your need drives you to your knees. And when we're walking on our own power and in our own strength, our knees are the last place we go. But you guys know as well as I do, when the bottom drops out, you hit your knees. And you pray like you've never prayed before. Have y'all ever had those seasons in life where just everything is okay, but you just kind of go around like a robot? You don't feel anything. You don't cry. You don't get mad. You're just kind of there like a blob. You don't feel close to God. You don't feel close to your people. You don't feel anything because everything's fine. What's the last thing you want your husband to say you look like in that outfit? Fine. Does this look all right? Looks fine. Well, thanks. <laughs> Let me wear this one again. Fine just doesn't do us anything, does it? No. God knows we have to be kept tender. We have to be kept on our knees or we're just going to get in the fine mode where we don't feel anything, we don't need anything. We're just fine. The fine is not a good place to be. It's not a spiritually healthy place to be. Need drives us to our knees. So how about we change up this question? Instead of saying, God, why is this happening? And I know we've all asked it. I know we've all asked it. Instead of asking God, why? Ask this, God, what? What are you trying to develop in me? Here's my heart. It's obviously not going anywhere. It's obviously going to be here for a while. Hello, hard. Come on in. Hello, hurt. I'll move over for you. Have a seat. You're obviously going to be here for a while. So instead of raging at God and God, why? How about we switch it up? God, what? The red light is on in my life. You're teaching me something. You're developing something. You're trying to either get something in me or get something out of me. So how about I get this process moving and cooperate? How about I grow as I go? And that's our goal. Through the hearts, through the hurts, and there will be many. 
Our goal is to grow as we go so we don't stay stuck. I don't know about you, I don't wanna be in the same place this time next year. I wanna have won some things. I wanna have some power of God on me. I wanna have learned some lessons, have some credibility and not just be fine. Because fine's not really fine. 